wrestling fans and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. For the next 2 hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe and much much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We want to welcome all of our great viewers here to the program tonight. It's going to be a great program. We got a lot of great wrestling news. We've also got a couple of great interviews to take care of here as the night goes on. Again, as a reminder, if you enjoy the Wrestle Talk podcast, please make it a point to share us out through all sorts of social media. Also, if you want to interact with the show, please make sure to throw comments here tonight. We do uh, plan to acknowledge some of our viewers here this evening as we bring them on to the program. Also, for more information on the Wrestle Talk podcast, make it a point to check out WrestleTalkPodcast.com. For all of your Wrestle Talk information, you can also check us out on social media as you are right now. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and bring in my broadcast colleague, a man I've known for many a year. And tonight he's sitting right alongside me on this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, Big Sexy himself, Chris Rodell. Chris, how are you doing this evening, sir? Look, how are you doing? Can you hear I- me okay? I can hear you just fine, doing excellent as I always am. Like I said, it's going to be a busy, a busy couple weeks in the world of professional wrestling. I know that you've got a lot on your plate over the next couple weeks. How have you been doing, my friend? It's been a while since we've had a chance to sit down and talk. How you been doing? I've been doing. We they crowned a MMWA at South Broadway Athletic Club, Ashland Alexander. Um, we got a lot of great action coming up. Uh, we got two big Dynamo Pro three, three, a whole lot of other stuff to talk about. So we got a lot. We still got a lot of national news to cover too. That is true. And again, that's one of the things that makes Russell Talk Podcast so unique is the idea where we can talk about wrestling. Just much as our introduction by Hank Hudson brings up, talk about wrestling at the local, national, and international levels. We got a lot of that to talk about here tonight on the program. Again, as a reminder, if you're enjoying the program, if you have any questions, comments, anything along the line. Make it a point to send them to us in the comment section. Let us know where you are. Let us know where you're viewing us from tonight. We've got a lot of great information to come here. Chris, i got to tell you right now, in the St. Louis area, there's a lot of great pro wrestling. But I'm going to tell you right now, over the course of the next couple weeks, I mean, again, you've got a lot of great wrestling. You've got the return of Riot on the River for Dynamo Pro Wrestling. You have back-to-back events on the 23rd and 24th. You Again, we have Riot on the River. You also have SICW that's going to be coming back to town. They've got events, I think it's pretty much every weekend, up through and including that first weekend in October. And again, you've got MMWA, you've got Glory Pro, you've got Russell Max, you've got St. Louis Anarchy, you've got IEW, you've got CHWA, you've got PWE. 
I need to learn how to take a breath when I'm saying all those names. But and then and then we still apologize to anyone if my uh, video is out. area is uh, freezing at times. Well, like I said, Chris, we'll get everything taken care of here. The technology is going to do exactly what we needed to do tonight. It's going to be a great show. We've got yourself and myself here. We got a lot of great news. But you know, before we get things started tonight, let's go ahead. And take care of a little bit of business that we do each and every week. The first thing, let's go ahead and acknowledge our great sponsors. Without who the Russell Talk Podcast does not go on the air each and every week. And you notice at the bottom of the screen, we want to thank our great sponsors, Royal Mills Transportation, with our good friend, the CEO, Dewan Mills, in charge of that great organization. Rathbun Engraving, home of the Russell Talk Podcast mugs, $20 each. If you want to pick one up, make it a point to check out the Russell Talk Podcast. Nobleman's Barber Lounge, Kansas City, ask for Pete the Barber. Great barber, a lot of great styles that he brings to the to the chair. Uh, King Kate Arcade at Oak Park Mall, everything combat with our good friend UFC Hall of Famer Pat Milicic and Jay Hollywood. That of course Jeffrey Wilson, Interstate 70 Sports Media with the Maestro Jeremy Carp, a new sponsor this week, Little Popeye Designs, home of the WTP Tumblers, and also the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. All those great sponsors help to put on the FW or I wouldn't say the FWWC, but they also help to put on the Russell Talk podcast each and every week, right here for all of our great listeners and viewers throughout the world. And Chris, I think we've covered pretty much all of our sponsors. We got a little more business to take care of here tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw it to my colleague to take care of that last little bit of business before we move on to high spots here tonight. All right, well, it's that time that everyone likes. Not sure. I don't know how people feel about this. We're going to honor America, the greatest country in the world. National Anthem. Chris, I, gotta, I, think I gotta tell you, we gotta do that each and every week to pay homage to the greatest country in the world. And also while we're at it, make sure to pay tribute to all of our great fighting men and women throughout this world, helping to defend our country, as well as our first responders who take care of everything each and every week. Chris, I gotta tell you, I think we're ready. I don't know if you're ready, but I know I'm that that anthem takes about 10 minutes. Well, I got to tell you right now, Chris, we got a lot to talk about. You mentioned earlier about the idea of the high spot segment being very busy tonight. I don't think they want to hear too much more of our, of our opening introductions. They pretty much know who we are. We're making sure everybody's paying attention and watching the Russell Top podcast tonight. But let's go ahead and hit that high spots music and get talking about the world of professional wrestling right here on the Russell Talk podcast. Let's hit it, Chris. It's coming. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's go. 
Radical Thought Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to High Spots, where we pop news like Claire Chops. We talk shop, coming through the screens of a laptop. And non-stop, like I'm running streets of a black dot. We hit hard, like chest shots and backdrops. Like a clock flash, look like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We up the steam while they stay slow. Wrestle Talk Podcast, now they know. We about to start the show. Uh. Oh, that music just... Right now, Chris, I got to tell you, the High Spot segment is a big part of the Russell Talk podcast each and every week right here on social media and on WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Let's go ahead and jump right on into our first question. I mean, we got a lot of great viewers watching. Let's go ahead and, and, and start our discussion here. Can you go ahead and throw up the first High Spots question? I'm just going to pick a random one. But I think this is. There we go. Ooh. Given the current situation in AEW, who would be the next world champion? Ooh, that's a that's a pretty tough question there, Chris. I mean, there's a lot of great wrestlers that are still in that that championship tournament. Um, I, I I gotta tell you right now, Chris. I mean, my my gut feeling. And I, I may be wrong. I hope I'm not. I, I'm thinking right now the man probably with the most momentum right now has got to be John Moxley. But I'm going to tell you right now when it comes down to it to me, my number one pick is we're going to see a return of Le Champion, Chris Jericho, as the next AEW world champion. I mean, the man, he's got the gift of gab on the microphone. He's really been taking his in-ring game to another level. He has the Jericho Appreciation Society. I got to tell you, Chris, when it comes down to it, Jericho to me is the one. I would almost say he's a guaranteed lock to win the AEW world championship. What are your thoughts? I think that maybe get it the Ethernet plug to go. <laughs> um, Moxley. Moxley has carried the champion. Moxley is the. What's the word? Locker room leader, but. What I'm looking for, Luke. <laughs> he he he's been the, the I say I caught most of what you were saying there. He's been the locker room leader. He's been the voice. He's been almost the standard for AEW as of late. When it comes down to the championship, he has been. I mean, pretty much the benchmark, the staple. A lot of people would say that when you come down to that, he has kind of been. I've heard comparisons to him and like Drew McIntyre during the COVID era. But I think right now when you go down and you look at the at the list of wrestlers who really have taken the companies uh, that they've been a part of on their back, I'd have to say the only one with Moxley, maybe the only other one to put in the same class would be his former uh, brother in the Shield, Roman Reigns. That's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're looking I, – I, I don't I, – I mean, I, I don't know. Moxley. That's all that there is to it. 
like I said, we're right now only time will tell. I believe that that's going to culminate at Grand Slam. And I mean, again, there's still some great names in that tournament. I mean, I know you got Sammy Guevara's in the tournament. Uh, I know you had uh, Darby Allen was in it. Um, I mean, we could be very well surprised. I mean, a lot of people are saying that AEW, and I'm going to use a term that I've heard a lot of people say, both through regular print media and through uh, broadcast media as well. AEW really has uh, has really shuffled the deck since everything has supposedly gone down in AEW. And I can tell you right now, thus far, AEW has delivered. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Chris, but I think right now AEW since the way since the way they handled the uh, AEW media scrum, um, great. So. Um, I, I really don't know what else to say. I don't time for them. And Tony Khan's going to hopefully lead them through the uh... – Well, you know something, Chris? I, w- I want to go ahead and throw this out here to you for a minute. I heard and – and, and, again, I've heard a lot of, of broadcast media talking about this. A lot of people have used the term, and you know me, I don't like using this term, have called him the money guy. Or if if they want to use the the, the jargon, um, uh, I'm not even going to go that far. I mean, everybody knows that he is the money behind AEW. But right now, a lot of people have said that he's been playing favorites and he needs to step up and be a leader and he needs to be a boss. And I got to tell you right now, I agree with that. I mean, you and I have always been of a mindset. We've been around professional wrestling a long time. If something like that happened in in our in-ring careers, it would have been it. You don't need to have those kinds of situations. But I think that Tony Khan handled it probably one of the best ways he could. He took away the AEW World Championship from CM Punk, which I've heard, uh, just read something a few minutes before we came on the air, that he had to have another surgery, uh, this time on his tricep, and could be out up to eight months with the injury. And I've heard that uh, not only uh, with the former trios champions, that being the elite, I've heard that there's been rumors going around that both the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have been putting out feelers to one of the major companies located in the Northeast. And I've also heard... And I just read this on multiple news sites before the really right before we went live is that the being the elite web series has gone on hiatus. We don't know much more than that, but right now, I mean, again, the AEW situation has definitely made a lot of things change in the world of AEW and in the world of professional wrestling. And as we noticed here, we did have someone else bring it up. Can you go ahead and throw Chris uh, that um, we had one more uh, Owen brought up a, a point here. Uh, it's it's, it's coming. coming. Like I say we're, we're we're working with things here. Give the title to Darby, and I got to tell you, Darby is a workhorse. I mean, I've seen him go through countless things that most pro wrestlers would not even subject themselves to. And I mean, again, a lot of people have likened him to a very, very, very young Mick Foley. And I got to tell you, I could see down the road Darby Allen as an AEW World Champion, but right now, I think the field is just too packed with top level top level performers that i think it's one of those where in this case i think darby's on the outside looking in 
him and him and him and TNT champions, and they just need they, Um, I don't know. I just Grand Slam. So that's and like I said, probably be the we're we're gonna see a lot of we're gonna see a lot of guys who are gonna get the opportunity with with all this going on. I mean, again, you've got the CM Punks. You've got the Young Bucks. You've got Kenny Omega, who are now on the sidelines. And, again, there are others that have been wrestling on, uh, like, Dark and Dark Elevation, who are not really able to compete at this point because of the situation. And i got to tell you right now, this is a golden opportunity for a lot of wrestlers in AEW to step up. And, again, Aaron brings this up here. Uh, not time for Darby yet allowing to build himself that level first. His time will undoubtedly come. And I think I could agree with you 100% on that, Aaron. The idea of where Darby Allen has all the makings of being a great wrestler, uh, a championship-level competitor. I mean, he's a former TNT champion. But I said right now, being at the top of the mountain, as they say in AEW, I don't think that it's time for him just yet. Now, Chris, I don't know if we want to continue this discussion. We've had a lot of great uh, discussions here. And again, Owen brings up one. I saw a graphic for it earlier today. Um, Kenny and the Bucks versus the Bloodline. That was one that was there. And I'm going to tell you right now, I saw one today, but definitely piqued my interest. And that was the Bloodline and a reunited Wyatt family. The idea of putting Eric Redbeard mm-hmm. or Eric Rowan, depending on what he would come back as, and Braun Strowman back together in the tag team division and the return of Bray Wyatt or The Fiend to be the next one in line for Roman Reigns. Now, that, I mean, again, both of those really are in- intriguing to me. I don't know what your thoughts here are, Chris, but um, I mean, I know this is not a high spots question, so to speak, but I want to throw this one out here to you. Who do you think is the next potentially in line to step up to the bloodline? Buddy, I mean, I think maybe form a little bit of a faction, but then there's high spot segment uh, that I think we. Ooh, Chris, and, you got a lot, and of and, and, and and maybe not, but they've they've canceled all. So talk amongst yourselves. Well, well, Chris, I got to tell you right now, when you're sitting here and you're talking about this, we also want to send our thoughts to one Kurt Gannon, the suplex cyclone, the suplex massacre himself. Um, He's concerned about a possible bicep injury. I'm reading that today on social media. Uh, He goes to see a surgeon on Friday to kind of figure out what uh, is his future status. But I'm going to tell you right now, Control your narrative was a great idea. I don't mean to say it in the past tense because I think they had a lot of they have a lot of great things that they offer, especially in this time period in the world of professional wrestling. But with Braun Strowman being back in the WWE, with a lot of your core wrestlers that are injured or now starting to get offers to wrestle in other main companies, uh, EC3 canceling everything uh, for the foreseeable future. I don't want to see control your narrative gone. 
But I think the best thing I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's the end, but I would say I would be more comfortable saying it's on a long-term hiatus. I think we will see. It's wound. What do you think? Okay, I caught, I caught most of that, Chris. Can you, can you repeat that? It, it's like it's a wounded duck. Hurt. Yeah, I can see. I mean, again, there's a lot of people that the, that the whole idea has changed. I, would I like to see it around? Yeah, because I think it provides a different avenue of professional wrestling. But when it comes down to it, I think right now the best way, like you said, is it, uh, I say a long-term hiatus is definitely looming on the horizon. Yeah, you're you're breaking up on my end. Well, like I said, we'll we'll try to we'll try to work through as best we can here. Let's go ahead and throw the next high spots question up here, Chris. Oh, okay. Let me pick one. Let's let's see what we got here. Uh, hmm. But there are no no plans to take the title off of. Two. Good decision or bad? Well, right now, Chris, I mean, I, I got to look at it from my perspective. Um, I think that it's not going to do anything but be good for the company. Right now, the bloodline, they they have control of what's going on. I mean, the addition of Solo Sokoa and the honorary Oos, I think the MVP of this whole unit right now, of Sami Zayn, I got to tell you, as it stands right now, I think the idea of having Roman Reigns as the the WWE undisputed unified heavyweight champion is definitely a good thing. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? I think th- the WWE right now because the dude – he does is gold line is probably one of the most dominant factions ever but all right chris uh, I, I i can tell you're there um I got to ask you though, and again, you put you posed the good question or a good idea, bad idea, good decision, bad decision. My question is this, and I'm just going to throw this at you because I know you've had a lot of discussion on this. If it was a bad decision, who's the person to step in? Who's the one to finally take the championship from Roman Reigns? And I'm going to go ahead and let you have the floor here because I think that our discussion that we had earlier on this evening as it relates to who you think the one to take it away really has some merit. So I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you so that you can kind of explain if it was a bad decision, who's next in line. Uh, If you're going to, you you, you need to split the belt. And has one and either Seth or Drew. So, well, you said you you had mentioned earlier on splitting the championships. That the question is, 
do you keep the bloodline on SmackDown? Do you move them to Raw? That's my that's my opinion. Well, well, Chris, I got to tell you right now, when you're talking about the bloodline, I think right now with that core group of wrestlers, you almost have to be of a mindset of where they have to be together. And I think right now, don't don't change anything that's going on. It's working on SmackDown. It's working regularly on SmackDown. As you can see, I'm wearing the blue of my Chicago Cubs. I got to tell you right now. When it comes down to it, I think you need to keep the bloodline on the blue brand. I really do. Now, on Raw, that's going to pose a real interesting question because now we got to figure out if they do decide to split the championships, who's going to be the one to step up and take that position of leadership? And I think we've got a question that almost goes right along with this. Let's see if we can actually pull it up here. It talks primarily about the management of WWE and how things have changed over the course of about the last month, last six weeks or so. And we're going to see if we can get the question to pop up here on the screen. With the changes in WWE management that have taken place recently, who has benefited most from the change? And I'm going to tell you right now, when you look at this, there's, I, I, I can't say a most, but I can say there are several that I think have really kind of stepped up their game. I think the idea of giving Matt Riddle the opportunity to step forward um, and really have a, a pretty serious uh, issue with Seth Rollins. Um, I got to tell you right now, I've really, as of late, been enjoying Kevin Owens and Austin Theory. Um. I, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens. Well, you know, Chris, and again, we throw it this way. Do we say, and we'll come back to this question here in just a second. Do we say right now that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are the MVPs of their brands? Yes. 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 Well, you know, the the only thing I got to say, though, Chris, and I'm just going to put it out there. To me... I could agree with you on that, but you know, there's somebody who I really think needs to be put in that consideration on the Raw brand. Not just Kevin Owens, but I think the Miz needs to be considered. Miz has been an MVP for the last like years. I mean, Yeah, and, and right now, I mean, Chris, when you're looking at it, I mean, those two are definitely um, good quality candidates. And, and again, I think right now, and this is going to be a weird way to say it, but I think if you split the championships, that's where we're going to see who's going to benefit the most. And I'm going to tell you right now, and this is one that's going to be really out there, if they were to go that avenue – my gut feeling for the first Raw champion is going to be Austin Theory. And I very well could see him struggling 
to defend the world championship or fighting to retain the world championship against Kevin Owens, to wrestle against people like Riddle, to wrestle against wrestlers like Bobby Lashley. And I'm not going to forget Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano as well. I got to tell you right now, the WWE, since things have changed, is finally starting to get things on track. And I got to tell you, a lot of people have been talking about um, the situation with Edge, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, and the Judgment Day. I got to tell you, last night, I was very impressed. I think Dominic Mysterio held his own. And I'm really interested to see what the future holds for the WWE. But I got to say right now, there have been a lot of people who've benefited from um, from this new a new day in management, no pun intended. So, Chris, uh, who do you think's benefited the most from the change in raw management? I think raws have been better. Smackdowns have been better. Fans, fans of professional wrestling right now. So, you know, Chris, that's a, a great way to look at things here. And, and again, thank you, Josh, for for the comment here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I mean, again, it's great to have all the great listeners here. We have Herb Simmons, uh, promoter of SICW, has been on the pro, uh, watching the program tonight. Also, going to be a part of the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion in a little under two weeks, live at the Plaza Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Wrestle Talk podcast is going to be there in full force. The Night Owl and Luke Roberts are going to be in attendance at the CAC reunion this year. It's going to be an awesome time in Vegas. If you haven't purchased your tickets, if you haven't purchased your membership, make it a point to go to caulifloweralleyclub.org and get your membership. It's a great organization. You get a lot of great opportunities. You get to meet the wrestlers of the past and the wrestlers of the future as well, all under one roof. It's going to be a great event. Um, I know for a fact there's going to be a lot of wrestlers from the St. Louis area. I know there's going to be several from the Kansas City area who are going to be in attendance. And again, you never know who you're going to see it at the, the CAC reunion. Uh, we've had several guests of the program. B. Brian Blair, president of the Cauliflower A Club. He'll be in the house. Uh, Brian Westcott, uh, longtime historian of professional wrestling, going to be in the house. Um, we just heard when Jeff Manning was on the program, he's planning on being in the Vegas area during that weekend. It's pretty much a who's who of professional wrestling is going to converge on the Plaza Hotel in Vegas. And Chris, I got to tell you right now, We've got a lot of high spot stuff to talk about, but we've got a great first guest. I believe he's in the green room. Am I correct with that? He is. He is ready. To- all right. Well, if you're all right with it, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and do the introductions uh, on this one. Now, when you talk professional wrestling, many a time, uh, much like the title of tonight's show, you have people who are the unsung heroes of professional wrestling. These are the people that often don't get credit, who don't often get recognized because of their contributions. There are many people that I've seen over my illustrious 35 years in professional wrestling that have done so many things for the world of professional wrestling. And I got to tell you right now, uh, this next guest is a man who's really stepped up his game. He's made it a point to be a part of professional wrestling uh, but you don't normally see him in front of the crowd. You don't normally don't see him in front of the camera. You have the opportunity to see him and um, have things taken care of and make sure professional wrestling is going on. So, ladies and gentlemen, Chris, why don't you go ahead and bring in our first guest? 
here this evening to the Wrestle Talk podcast. We're going to wait here just a second to make sure he's on the screen. Josh Fields, Josh, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing great. I barely made it here. Well, work. My real job kept me from behind, so I'm sorry about that. Well, you know something, Josh? It's one of those when you sit there, and again, knowing from experience, there are times in the world of professional wrestling you're going to cut it close. And that's all right because you still made it by bell time, as we all say. So you did awesome with that. And I want to welcome you here tonight to the Wrestling Talk podcast. Uh, My first question is, um, for those that don't know about you, can you give us a little bit of your background as to what drew you to the wonderful world of professional wrestling? Okay, I've been a fan my whole life, of course, but the uh, I had a friend of mine, Tim Blackman, who was actually the co-owner that, you know, we pretty much split the bills, everybody likes to say. But he asked me about three years ago, he was restarting his company and asked me if I wanted to join in. Uh, just pretty much decided, you know, hey, I'll help out. I know nothing about the ins and outs of the wrestling business. And four years later, here I am. And it's been a great ride. We've had we we pretty much tripled our crowd size in the last three years so it, it's been it's been a fun time for sure well i gotta tell you josh when it comes to the world of professional wrestling sometimes many people will say the greatest people to come into the wrestling industry are those that have no preconceived notions the the, the true fans of the sport of professional wrestling and to come in literally from having no prior background in the world of professional wrestling, it's a huge risk to take. And to be able to come in, and as you were talking about earlier, see your, your audience size triple in the span of approximately three to four years, that's a very impressive stat in itself. And and I got to ask you, um, when you first joined with your business partner, when you first got into the world of professional wrestling, was there any advice you were given, anything that you were told before you made the jump, a lot of people say you jump both feet in and see what happens. Did anybody give you any advice before you jumped into this world of professional wrestling? I got told one word, and I think it's one word that we don't do enough of, and it is called listen. Listen to the people around you. Listen to the people that know what they're doing. I had zero experience. Um, listen to the talent and without a doubt, listen to the fans, because if it's not for the fans, we're not doing anything. Those, the, the fans are the, the fans are what I do it for. I do it for the kids that come to the show to see, watch them enjoy our show. Um, that that's what gives me the greatest reward. Um, to, everybody's going to have negative comments say it's a professional wrestling business. I've, understood that from the get-go um but you know the the kids the watching the look on their face uh their their complete innocence of it all that's what gives me my biggest reward but but to answer your question the biggest advice i got was listen well i gotta tell you right now and i know my my broadcast colleague here would agree between the two of us we've got the better part of 50 years between the two of us. Am I right? Don't, with that, don't make me don't make me feel old. Am I sounding better? Did my I think my I think my internet kind of got st- restabilized. So that, that that works for us. But like I said, that's one of the things that Chris and I many, many years ago when we got into the wrestling industry, one of the biggest things we were always taught was listen. Because yes. there are so many things that you're going to see that you're going to observe in the world of professional wrestling that it's again, it's it's eyes and ears. You listen and you see, and things will happen. And you're going to see what's going to happen as you go along. Now, my, my last question before I go ahead and throw it over to my colleague, as you said, you've been in pro wrestling now for four years. 
what would you say thus far? I mean, I know we talk about the fans and we talk about the idea of being lifelong fans of professional wrestling. What would you say has been the your biggest memory? I mean, you talk about the crowd sizes and you talk about things like that, but what is your biggest memory since becoming a part of professional wrestling? So this is a great story. Um, we had, I hate to say it, but we had Tammy Lynn Sitch, Sonny, as uh, we had her come in and, and do an appearance of the show. Um, we had Hammerstone of MLW coming in for the same show. So we, I don't know if you remember about the gun going off in the Atlanta airport. Yeah, uh, in Atlanta. Okay. I had walked in to pick Sonny up from the airport at the exact time that happened. So I don't know if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport. Yes, it I was have. Radio silence. It was shut down completely. So we had to get her. I had to get her halfway back and then get back to Atlanta to pick up Hammerstone, who was stuck at the tarmac. So there was <laughs> two lanes only going into the Atlanta airport. And Atlanta traffic's not Atlanta traffic's not the best <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> you know, so somehow I was able to get Hammerstone in for the show before it was over. And that will be the one day if it goes <laughs> down in history that I will never forget my life of panicking. How am I going to make this happen? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> there was one there was one performed that night and I what, and, what, and I was, called was my wife and said was was Hammerstone cha changing in your car as you were driving? <laughs> no, actually, the only thing that he could do for the show was a run in because I've got him there twenty minutes before the show was over. Ah, but he was. But I'm uh, Hammerstone's a great pro. Uh, he, I, I don't know if he gets enough credit of how professional he is, but he was totally cool with the whole thing because he was on the tarmac. And of course, you're on the airplane, so you have to have your phone off. So he had no idea what was going on. Right. And, until he got off the plane, and I had to fill him in and say, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen, but we're going to make it happen. <laughs> and, and, and then he's on the tarmac, and they can't let them off the they can't let them off the plane because you know they're they don't know what's going actually physically going on in the uh, in the actual airport. So it's like a secure. It, it, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how that would work. And Atlanta traffic, I I heard, is is not the best even anytime. So I mean, yeah, that was a that was there definitely an eventful eventful day for me, especially <laughs> with everything going on at the show. But like I say everybody was professional. I mean, it was a joke when I got. It's still a remaining joke because. It's like no, Josh can't go to Atlanta Airport because something crazy happens every day. <laughs> we well, need well, to pick. We need. We need to pick someone up from the Atlanta Airport. Who we send it? Not Josh. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, Josh. You brought up earlier on about one word being listen. I'm going to go ahead and change things up here a little bit. I've got one word as it relates to the Atlanta Airport. No, I had an opportunity <laughs> to go to Atlanta. I mean, I had a great time in Atlanta. I had an opportunity. Uh, like I said, travel through downtown Atlanta. I got a chance to go to Coca-Cola World. Uh, got a chance to go to the Civil Rights Museum. A lot of great things in the city of Atlanta. And again, like you said, it was just the idea. I mean, it's such a huge airport, and it was just it was just so hard to get in and out of the airport. I mean, there were so many different places to go, and the the, the TSA while they were doing their jobs and doing a great job at it, it was just the idea. It just took so long to get through the airport. I was like, oh. I was thankful I was able to get on my plane and get back to the wonderful world of St. Louis. 
in, it's, in kind of, it's, kind of of it's, it's kind of how I felt going into the Las Vegas airport. It was just like there's so the Las Vegas McCarran airport is so freaking huge. You could get lost in there for days and no one would find you. So that's mm. true. That's true. Well, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you. I know you got some questions for our guest here this evening, right here on the Russell Top Podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you. Well, you were you were on for a brief moment last week, and you had a show this past this past Saturday. So, uh, how did the show go? What what happened? Anything news noteworthy? What what happened? Tell tell us the lowdown. All right. So we did have 291 people in attendance. Nice. Which was was our second biggest show we've ever done. Uh, considering we had a pouring down rainstorm at five o'clock and then the second wave came in at 645. I was extremely proud that all the obstacles, uh, we pushed so hard on Facebook, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll get to that plug in a minute, but, uh, you know, we was able to have 291 people. We have a new IWE heavyweight champion, Cruel, who is also of MLW who is a local Georgia talent, won our heavyweight championship. Lindsey Snow out of Florida is our IWE women's champion. She de- successfully defended against Shalance Royal and the Exotic Youth Beat All-Star Special to retain the IWE Tag Team Championship. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, and um, so it, it seems like you had a good show. The fans enjoyed it. Everyone else enjoyed it. Uh, that's that's all that really matters is that the fans leave wanting more. You have a show. Your next is I believe this is your next show. I'm going to pull it up here in just a second. It's in November. Is your next show in November? Is that right? Am I? Am I November twelfth. November twelfth. Uh, it's called the Kings of Controversy. Give me a second. I'm kind of new to this whole uh, this whole uh, thing. Let's see. Well, like I said, it's going to be a great show as Chris is getting ready to pull up the graphic here. Uh, again, we're going to talk about this uh, Kings of Controversy event, and the graphic is right here. And I got to tell you, this is an awesome graphic. I mean, again, I have to give kudos to your your uh, promotions media department. That really is a great uh, promotional poster there. Uh, again, um, Josh, I'm going to turn things over to you here. Um, can you give us a little bit of information? I know we're still a few weeks away from Kings of Controversy, but can you give us any kind of insight as to what the fans may very well see as a part of this great event on November 12th? Can't get into details of the matches mm-hmm. uh, as far as the matchups that will be held that night, but I can promise you one thing. The name of the top, the name of the show, Kings of Controversy, as everybody knows, I, I'm not sure if you put two and two together, but we were the famous or infamous, the, the incident that happened at our show that made it around TMZ and with the, uh, the fan in the audience getting physical with the, uh, with the wrestler. That, that, was, that was definitely our show. But um, we like to push the envelope in November 12th. If you buy a ticket, you will you will leave that show going, holy crap, what just happened. And, and Eric, that's a promise. And Eric Bischoff said it best, uh, controversy creates cash. So, I mean, I, mean it, I, I, I hope that's true. I mean, because, you know, maybe I need to be more controversial on things. So, uh, <laughs> Well, uh, the, the, the reason that we, that we have that title is because, because our show's even though kids are there, we try to push the envelope as much as possible. Um, sometimes it goes over, 
and we have to apologize for things that happen. But like I try to tell everybody, you know, once the emotion gets flowing through a promo, you know, you're, you're fired up, things may slip out and, you know, that, and it slips out in AEW and well, WWE, not so much, but you know, in AEW, some words come out that could probably uh, offend some people and not, not really want them to say that those words that happen to start with an F or so forth, so on. And Hey, it happens, but you know, we, uh, we definitely like to push the envelope to the nth degree, and that's what we're going to do November twelfth. I can promise you that. And I guess, I guess, being a promoter, it kind of makes me, it kind of makes me want to dip into your promoter bag about how you feel about some of the stuff that's going on in the national, the national scene. With the, I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about it briefly last week, but the whole AEW, the uh, media scrum with CM Punk, and they stripped the ta- the trios title and the tag t- or the heavyweight title. Um, is Tony Khan handling this the right way as a boss? He's in a tough spot. Um, there's no doubt. Uh, the The problems that I had with the way it went down is, number one, if you know you have a disgruntled employee, you definitely don't want to give him a live mic uh, to go in there and hope that he is professional. Um I don't know the whole story. I don't think any of us will ever know the whole story. Uh, so I, I, it's in a tough spot because I don't know. I don't know what exactly happened. Um, you know, you hear one report on one side, and and I'm not trying to give the politically correct answer. I'm just being honest. Right. You just um, don't. You just don't know. It's just you're you're right. not in you're not in the room. All you're doing is speculating. So the the only thing that I can tell you is as as far as my business background. Um, there, there is a lawsuit waiting to happen because no matter what happened, the Young Bucks are executive vice presidents by title, and CM Punk is an employee of AEW. So that's the part I'm going to see how they're going to be able to navigate around. Yeah, it's, 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 I think that's why you don't hear much about it on like TV or anything like that. It's just because they, they don't want to get themselves in a pickle. And, um, and and it does not help that CM Punk got hurt during the match, apparently. Right. So so now you have to deal with an injury situation. Um, you have to deal with the the punks and Omega being EVPs and being their bosses, basically. I mean, do you, does Tony Khan have to strip them of their EVP title? Is it, is it does that have to happen? I, mean, I don't see any way around it. I mean, because you can't have. I mean, that's like a, I'm not sure you're you're where you work or anybody else works, but that's like like two of your bosses like storming into your office and wanting to have a physical conversation. I mean, that's just you can't do that. I mean, I understand it's still a wrestling business, but it is still a business, and you have to operate it in such a manner. And if you have two executive vice presidents, they can't be <laughs> having a fight with an employee. I mean, they're just they they have to strip them of their EVP title. I can't see any way around it. And and I'm not saying that Punk and Ace Steel were in the right either, because one of them did ch- apparently chuck a shit chair at somebody. So I mean, I would love uh, I would love I would love to see the security footage if there is any of it, because I think it'd be hilarious um, to add commentary to it. Uh, oh, I, I agree. Could, that would that would be that would be gold. <laughs> well, well, first, I want I want to go ahead and pose this from another side though. 
And again, I, I, I totally agree with what both of you are saying in the idea. If you're an executive with a promotion like an AEW, you have that executive title. You have to act in the utmost of professionalism. But there's also a little kind of caveat here. There were several that were supposedly trying to address the issue that have also, to a fair degree, suffered repercussions from it. I've heard the names like uh, Michael Nakazawa, uh, Christopher Daniels, among others, that have also, who, and again, we don't know the specifics, but we had heard they may have very well been trying to break up the situation, and they're kind of on the outside looking in. And, and I really, that, I really think that's the right. I really, I really think it. Me personally, I'll give my opinion. And I'll let Josh give his other opinion. I think they just decided to just like suspend everyone, do an investigation, and then figure it out from there. So that that's my opinion, but I could be wrong. And the part that I don't understand is, you know, you can suspend everyone, but who who's telling the truth? Who's not telling the truth? I mean, there's going to be everybody's going to have a different side of the story to what happened. I mean, I, I mean, I get the suspensions and you just have to suspend everyone, I guess. But, you know, at the end of the day, are we, who's going to know it? The only people that's going to know what happened really happened. were in that room and nobody else is going to know unless there is security footage or security cam footage that we don't know about. And that'll tell the whole story. And, you know, just thinking about it in retrospect, if there was no footage in the locker room area or in the dressing room area, could this wind up being a situation where it may wind up being another Montreal? We're never going to know the exact idea <laughs> of what was there. Oh, please I mean, don't say that. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying, though, is the idea of where we – this is 2022. We have much more information. We know what's here. But when you sit down and you look at it, I mean, again, it's one of those situations where – from a business perspective, and Josh, you hit it right on the head. If you're a boss and you have an employee, there are certain protocols you have to follow. Talking to the employee, maybe. Addressing the employee, maybe. Reprimanding the employee. Not throwing punches, not throwing kicks, not pulling hair, not throwing chairs. Things along those lines. There's a certain protocol as a business person that you have to follow. And I don't think that happened in this situation. It's a, I wouldn't want to be Tony Khan in this situation. That's who I wouldn't want to be in because he is your, you got, you had one plan and this is the promoter side of me. You have one plan going forward and now you have to scrap everything and start over and do a live TV show in two days, which I think MJF knocked the ball, knocked, knocked the ball out of the park on his promo and everybody quickly forgot about that for a little bit. So. And, and one thing you got to look at too, though, and I mean, again, not only do we throw the whole all out situation into it, but a lot of people have also been kind of throwing the, uh, that shuffling of the deck. You also have the situation with people like Thunder Rosa. A lot of people are saying it was injury. A lot of people are saying that she wants a release. Uh, Malachi Black is another that has basically been implied on multiple media outlets that are wanting their release. And again, it's one of those situations that, and I'll be fortunate. I've been around wrestling a long time, but I've never had to be in that corner office having to make the final decision. That's a, that's a position in wrestling I never really think I would ever feel comfortable in. But I can tell you right now, thus far to me, Tony Khan's making the best of a of almost a no-win situation. Yeah, I agree. Luckily for me, we haven't, as far as on a small small scale, 
never been in that position, so I don't envy that position. I don't know how. I it's like I can't. I haven't walked a mile in his shoes, so I definitely can't. Definitely can't understand what he's uh what he's going through. That's for sure. And I can tell you right now, I, I thank you. Another another promoter here in the St. Louis area, Herb Simmons, putting out progressive discipline. I knew I would come up with the word if I tried. Progressive <laughs> discipline. It needs to be followed in professional wrestling. And thank you, Herb, for for uh, giving your your input as well. I mean, it's one of those situations where, I mean, it just everything it was. I, I think it was handled on every avenue was handled wrong. And now we're like I say, we're gonna see can Tony Khan and AEW rebound from it. I mean, thus far, I gotta tell you, I enjoyed the MJF promo. I really did. He got the fans behind him, and then within a second, he was right back to, to standard MJF. And I was, I mean, I gotta tell you, I love professional wrestling. I'm a referee, I'm a media relations director, I've been in the sport for a long time. But as soon as that happened with Moxley, I think both Moxley and MJF delivered gold that night. And again, when you see it, it's like he's changed. He's got a, he's turned a new leaf, and then no, it's the same old MJF. <laughs> can't help but and, can't and help. Appa- apparently Moxley Danielson and Jericho ran a the backstage meeting before the before the show. And I guess if you want three guys that can run a run a uh, that you would want running a meeting, it'd be those three guys because apparently Brian Danielson in the locker room is the guy that calms everybody down when everyone's all like upset. So. That is true, Chris. Now, now I'm going to ask you this, and again, we're going to put the we're going to kind of have to make you, Josh, balance a little bit, a little bit between the promoter hat and the wrestling fan hat. Okay. Okay. You've had a lot. You've had a lot of uh, of wrestlers come through the doors in your promotion. I'm going to ask you right now. You talked about your heavyweight champion, your tag team champions, your women's champion. I'm going to ask you right now, if you had, and I'm playing kind of fantasy guy here for a minute. If you had an unlimited checkbook and you wanted to test each of those three championships to bring it to the next level, who do you think would be the ideal opponent for all three of your champions? Ooh, this is tough. <laughs> uh, for... Two of the three are pretty easy for um, for my tag team championship. I would love to have a triple threat with them, Exotic Youth versus FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers. Woo! I'll tell you this. I'd fly to Atlanta for that one. <laughs> I'd fly there. Hey, it's Augusta. Heartbeat. It's Augusta. <laughs> Augusta, Georgia. I said, I, I said that's that seven star right there. I would be there. I'd be one of the first in line. I travel. I travel halfway across the country for that match, and it would be great. Now, now let's go ahead and look at the other one that you felt was a little bit um, that would be um, a pretty easy one for you. Uh, Lindsey Snow versus Deanna Perazzo. Ooh. Can you give us a little bit of background as to why you think Peraza would be the, the I don't want to say the model opponent, but the opponent that you would choose? Flat out work rate. Um, I've watched her matches. Um, I just think that, in my opinion, as far as on Impact, AEW, WWE, um, I, Deanna Peraza, I love watching her work. She does a great job. 
Um, I know a lot of people would disagree with that. And, you know, there's a, um, the reason I say her as well is because, of course, we couldn't ever get anybody from WWE there. But, um, but the, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, but Deanna Perrazzo would actually, I mean, I just, I, she has that it factor that, that I enjoy is kind of like an old school meets new school type. And that's, I just think she's a tremendous worker. Absolutely tremendous. Okay, well, we've talked about the tag team champions. We talked about your women's champion. I can tell there's a little, the wheels are turning as related to your heavyweight champion. And I mean, again, this has got to be a, a big decision for you. But I got to ask you if that was the case, if you had basically unlimited funds, you had the open checkbook, and you were going to bring it, I'm just going to put it this way a perfect opportunity, kings of controversy, great time to take care of that. But my question is if you had the opportunity to do something, who would you have your heavyweight champion face? Ooh, this is tough. There's so many names. Uh, huh, man, I wasn't expecting this one. <laughs> uh, I would actually like to see Cruel Face Wardlow. Ooh. Can you give us a, a little bit of, of why Wardlow? I mean, Wardlow is definitely one of because those guys. It would it would be two monsters in the ring that would literally beat the crap out of each other. Um, uh, I think cool. He's six, eight, six, nine, 320 pounds. I mean, if you look him up online, he's a monster. Wardlow's a monster. So it would just be a fun match to watch, watch, watch him go at it. Why and not? I, I, I gotta tell you right now, that's another one of those that definitely goes back to uh, what some of our, uh, Viewers have been saying this evening the idea that's the kind of match that would put backsides in seats. I, I really do 18 think 18 inches. That is true. Every 18 inches. And again, we're putting them in there. And again, if you guys have comments, you have questions, anything along the line, please make sure to share them in the uh, comment section here. We're trying to incorporate our listeners and our viewers here tonight. We're with Josh Fields, live from the great state of Georgia. And, and, and Josh, I'm going to have one more question here before we uh, let you go here. This team. We do have a, a, a one more thing to take care of here. But my question is this. When you look at where you were four years ago to now, I don't think that you could really predict how much your company, how much your promotion has increased. Where do you see, we're going to kind of look four more years down the road. Four more years down the road, you're now at year eight. Where do you see the future of your company? The biggest independent promotion in the state of Georgia. Maybe the Southeast. Ooh. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of great promotions in the Southeast, but that's one thing. Even back in the days, and, I, and I'm just going to kind of put a, a nice little bow on this. When you talk about professional wrestling, especially 70s and early 80s, you're talking about the Southeast. There were, there were several. You had Florida, Championship Wrestling from Florida. You had Mid-Atlantic. You had, um, I would dare say you would talk about um, Memphis and talk about Georgia Championship Wrestling. And to, to, to have that kind of a vision, and again, the numbers, the fans, all the comments that have been put out there showing us exactly what's there. Now, I do have one more. We did have one here. And thank you, Aaron, for the comment uh, or for the question here. What do you see when you're uh, seeking out new talent? What do you look for? Oh man, this is a this is a loaded man. Y'all got some loaded questions for me today. You're making me think and put me in the hot seat. Uh, when, when I'm looking for a new talent, 
Uh, I like to see a few matches that they have under their belt, uh, how, how they work with different styles of opponents, because not everyone's going to be the same that you work with. Um, it's, uh, I also want to see them in front of a crowd. Uh, the, uh, I was talking to a gentleman today about that, as a matter of fact, that, you know, you, if you're out there in front of 25 people, it's going to be hard to tell how you're going to react out there in front of 250 people. And, you know, you know, where it just depends what kind, what, what your skill set is versus if you can work against other people with different skill sets that are, that are not, not the same as you. Um, that's really, I mean, I have a lot watched over the last four years, so much wrestling. It is, I, I never thought I could watch as much wrestling as I've had in the last four years, but that's, I like to see different matches against different types of opponents. And, I, and I've also probably assumed that you've seen some videos that you go, that you're like, uh, what, what, what what's this? <laughs> so, yes. And I will not name the time right. because, mm-hmm. but I, I got sent some YouTube links and I watched it and I, I was like, is this a joke or <laughs> And it was it was legit backyard wrestling, like it was like backyard wrestling, and I was like, okay, you know, not nothing against backyard wrestling, but it was it was not good, and it was, uh, I mean, and that and make sure you, and that's my another advice I would have is make sure that you have a, a well together package of videos for someone to see that you would want to show. It's like a job interview. You want to put your best foot forward. And that, that's what I would, any talent wanting to get, wanting to get on shows or independent shows is put your best foot forward like it's a job interview. And I got to tell you, Josh, that is golden advice to, to anybody who's trying to make a name in the world of professional wrestling. You have to make sure that everything is all put together. Make sure everything is there to present the most professional wrestler that you can bring forward. Now, before we let you go, we know we put you on the hot seat a little bit tonight to have you think a little bit, but we have one more segment here, and I'm going to go ahead, and I want you to take a minute here. Uh, Herb Simmons, again, longtime promoter here in the St. Louis area, uh, having a, a message for you here tonight, uh, viewing the program here. I want to make sure you got that before we go into our last segment here with Thank you. Thank you very much. That means, that means a lot to me. Thank you very much. And, and, and as we look at things right here, the last segment that we're going to have here in this first hour with you is what's called the shoot and shout segment. It's an opportunity where you can vent about anything on your mind. It's not focused just on pro wrestling. You can, you can, if anything's bugging you, if there's anything that's good in the world that you want to commend, you can go ahead and uh, talk about that as well. Would you be up to that this evening, sir? Oh, yes. And it's going to be non, non wrestling related. I promise you. It's going to be sports. <laughs> All right. Is it going to be up at the Atlanta airport? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and fire it off. Hold on, Let's get you in the, in the mood here. We've got a little <laughs> bit of special music. We've had it now for a while. I know our viewers have enjoyed it. Uh, and, again, I know you're a, a contemporary guy. You know a lot about music. Well, let's go ahead, Chris. Can you go ahead and get your music? It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fine. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. No human contact, and if you interact, your life's on contract. Your best bet's to stay away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. It's all about the he says, she says bullshit. I think you better. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you hear right now, the the shoot and shout segment here on the Russell Talk Podcast. But again, I got to tell you, kudos to the media department for finding Big Band meets Limp Biscuit. Definitely one of those I put in the list each and every week. I'm going to start tonight, guys. I've got a shoot and a shout. The first thing I got to put out there is the idea of where if you're going to make it a point to go through the process of taking care of medical conditions, don't send me five papers for the same thing. <laughs> I, I literally went to my mailbox today and got papers numbers three, four, and five telling me the exact same thing. I got that the first time. Don't tell me four more times. That bothers me. I do want to give my uh, 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 a, a shout out to uh, to all the promoters, all the professional wrestling companies that put on professional wrestling events each and every day. And also, again, I would be remiss if I don't shout out a little over, little sorry, a little under two weeks. The Wrestle Talk Podcast making its way to Las Vegas for the CAC reunion. Um, Chris, you want to go ahead and, and with your shooting shot here this evening? I honestly, I've had a pretty good week with the exception of working really hard this week because we're down two people and we're going to be down a third person at the end of the week. So I've been working a little bit extra. And so, but other than that, life has actually been pretty decent recently. So I'm, I've got, I really have nothing. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to Josh because it sounds like he's got something that's irking him. For the love of God, I'm an Atlanta Falcons football fan. <laughs> oh, Chris, he, I don't he, get it. He, he know he he know he he knows I'm not really putting them down, but I mean it's that's they listen, they, <laughs> listen. So there was a supposed Super Bowl that happened a few years ago when the Falcons were winning twenty eight to three, but I believe the second half got canceled or something. I really don't remember what happened on that on that event because I blocked it out of my head. Um, the, it's just so many. I just can't. Well, how, how does the team have PTSD from it? I guess maybe, I don't know. Well, I don't. Mean, we have different players, different coaches, same result. Mm. But wow. I would also like to, I like to sh- shout out the, uh, uh, your other partner in this. I, I gave him a pure out heart attack today. As it was eight o'clock, and I am flying to my house trying to make it here. Uh, and I was, I backed out, and I was like, Well, looks like I'm going to be able to make it. And I just like thank him for being tremendously patient with me tonight. No, well, well, Josh, I gotta tell you right now, I mean, again, when it comes to the Wrestle Talk podcast, I mean, tonight you've joined the Wrestle Talk podcast family. And again, there are nights when everything goes perfectly smooth, there are times when things just kind of Kind of bounce around like the the metaphorical Super Bowl, and right now tonight, I got to tell you, from what we've been getting in the comment section, people have really been enjoying this interview. But before we let you go, if anybody wants to learn more about you, your promotion, all of those things that you've brought to the table tonight, we're going to give you the floor here to talk about how can they find out more about yourself and your company. Well, you can follow my personal Facebook page. Uh... And you can find me there. We're IWE Pro Wrestling on Facebook, IWE Pro Wrestling on Instagram, and IWE Pro on Twitter. Uh, if you follow us there, we 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 keep it updated 
five or six times a day. Content is king, as everybody knows, and we try to put as much content out as possible. Um, if you have any questions or if you're a talent looking to get booked, you can absolutely shoot me a, a message <coughs> on any of those platforms. And believe it or not, I actually respond to everyone. I know that's some days that can be quite tasking, but I, I will respond because, you know, I don't want to ever feel like I'm I'm better than that to to not respond. So I am I do respond to every email, every direct message, and pretty much every comment that's made. I try to respond to it as well. Well, Josh, I got to tell you right now, it has been an honor and a privilege, and I'm officially going to say. Our, our good friend, the Night Owl, is not here with us this evening. I know he's been watching throughout the program tonight, as well as all of our media team. We want to say, first of all, thank you for joining us this evening and officially becoming a member of the Russell Talk podcast family. I'm going to tell you right now, we would more than love to have you back on the program in the future. Who knows? Like I said, we've got a lot of great things coming up as we finish up the year of 2022. Maybe we can have you back on right after Kings of Controversy, maybe even right around the time of Kings of Controversy. Give a little more in-depth analysis from, from yourself as it relates to that upcoming event and more upcoming events in the future in your neck of the woods. Absolutely. Anytime you want me on, just let me know. All right. Well, Chris, like I said, this has been Josh Fields here on the WrestleTalk Podcast. Thank you for joining us this evening here on the program, Josh, and look forward to talking with you real soon. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a great first hour. We still got plenty more still to come. Chris, I got to tell you, I was looking forward to that interview. I know we had a little bit of, little bit of nervous time day, but right now that first interview was awesome. Yeah, I think we, I think I, I think we finally got it figured out, maybe possibly. So um, we'd, we like, gotta, we'd like to thank our technology companies for making sure that our internet connections have run smoothly this evening. Well, we'll 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 talk about the first thirty minutes of the show later on with the with this with said technology company. But uh, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna move on because we got a lot more to go. Um, next up is the uh, FWWC segment, and I'm gonna go ahead and bring on the one and only, ladies and gentlemen, it is the CEO straight out of KC, Dewan Mills. What up, though, baby? What's, What's happening? How's I see y'all on the roll tonight, man. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm I'm doing about as good as Patrick Mahomes is doing, gentlemen. Uh, I'm doing so, great. So, so I guess, <laughs> were, were, were you listening to our first guest, Josh Fields, talk about yes. the Atlanta Falcons? And, uh, yes, I did. Yes, do, you I have, do, do you have some sympathy for, for Mr. Fields? I mean, I do, man. Um, I'm personally not a fan of Atlanta, but I feel for Atlanta like I feel for the Cowboys. You just got to make better decisions. It's football. It's not elementary. Just and, make better and, decisions. And, and honestly, how about that? How about that uh, AFC South where there were fourteen, where there's four teams, neither one of them got a one a win, and two of them played each other. We had, we had two losses and a tie. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been crazy, man. It's been it's it's been a great. But here's my thing: I always say when it comes to football, it's only week one, gentlemen. It's only week one. Holler at me at week eight when things are a little bit more structured if you will we got a little bit more of an idea of what's happening for the rest of the season so it's only week one anything right. can happen you know what right. i'm saying it could happen but i'm uh, good i'm great what's popping guys so i'm we're, i'm good i'm good man I, I mean i don't have personally have a football team here in st louis but, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's an ongoing joke with me and renee but but mm -hmm. uh we're, we got to talk about this weekend uh the fwwc fwwc you got some big things popping over there don't you 
Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm not sure who's in charge of the media department. Thank God somebody got it together. Yes, get that graphic up if you can. I would highly appreciate that. So here's the deal. Um, I'm going to give you guys some breaking news this upcoming Thursday before we talk about Friday. So here's the deal. On the FWC tonight, this upcoming Thursday, Clash of the Castle was a couple weeks ago. Great pay-per-view. However, we did have a little bit of controversy as it relates to one Samuel of Mayhem and also Famine. This Thursday, we're going to talk about the number one contendership for the FWC heavyweight title. I know there's a lot of questions. Those guys have been hitting my inbox. Tune into the FWC tonight, this Thursday. We're going to have a conversation about that real quick. But we're going to keep it moving. So this Friday, we have an epic, packed-out deal on the FWC tonight, Friday Night Fights. Uh, this past Monday, yesterday, actually yesterday, we saw an amazing epic return of Mr. Big T and Robert and Battle Cat. Where is the deal? Those guys are going to go down again. This Friday, and this time, boys, this time, the Battle Cat is going to have himself a little bit of home field advantage. This is going to be a triple threat match. However, it's going to be a rumble in the jungle match. And I'm going to let the Battle Cat explain that in one of his promos as he drops that. So that's the oh, first half of what's oh, going oh, down okay. Friday night. Oh, okay. And 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 I got, a se- I got a second graphic here. Hold on one second. Let me, let me pull, yeah, let me, this is- uh, let me pull, let me pull it up. This is my favorite graphic. So a lot of you guys have been asking, CEO, how come you're not booking matches? What's been happening? Well, if you've been checking out my lives, you know the CEO has been busy. But we're going to come with full fire. Every single champion will be in a match this upcoming Friday on FWC Friday Night Fights. Night of Champions. I always have the same. If my champions are happy, then the group is happy. So this Friday night is going down, not a champions. We're going to have Ace our hardcore champion of the FWC, take on the Spartans Heart champion of the FWC, none other than Funky Flex. In our next match, we're going to have, as I said previously before, our FWC heavyweight champion, Luke Justice, takes on our FWC television champion, Mr. Swag. And in the main event, the main event, this is something you guys want to pay, pay attention to because this has never happened before. The FWC heavyweight champions, Prophets of Madness will take on none other for the first time ever in the history of this group. El Mataratis, our FWC Warriors Heart Champion, he will be teaming up with our FWC European Champion in a tag team spectacle to see. This is all on the road to FWC Extreme Rules, Saturday, October 8th. But make sure you tune in to the FWC tonight. This Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Central to hear all the breaking news about this Friday and what's happening and what's popping with the FWC Heavyweight Championship number one contendership. That's all I got because I know one, you guys are busy. One, 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 more, one, more time. Yes, Shout out, one more time. Shout out. Where can they catch the FWC? Uh, uh, tonight. Our, yeah, FWC tonight. It's Thursday yes, sir. night. If, Thursday night, 7.30. Check the FWC Facebook page. It will be on Blog Talk. We will not be live. We will be back old school on the line, on the radio, and it's going to go down. And it's going to be nuts, Chris. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, that, that, that's awesome. Well, man, it's been good. To, it's been a good chance to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, hope everything I know you is, haven't. I ho- hope everything is well with your family and everything going well there, going there well in the Kansas City area. Uh, it is. Enjoying some delicious barbecue, even though St. Louis Damn does straight. have better bar- even though St. Louis has better barbecue, but we're not gonna talk about that hey, right hey, now. So. Come on down 70. We still got two more few more months of the rest of the year. I got you, bro. Come on down 70. <laughs> I, I'm more I, of a host. I can do I, it. I bet you I bet you you know some of the secret spots to go to too. I do not, sir. Not, not I just do, sir. not just the Oklahoma Joe's and then uh there's there's another one. I know I know you know a secret spot. 
I do. I damn right I do. So when you come to KC, I got your back, man. Nothing but love, man. I'm out. All right, Dewan. It was great seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Thanks for coming on. Okay, I'm going to add Luke back in. Oh, hey, you changed. No, I didn't. Oh, you weren't you weren't wearing that before. Yeah, I was. No, you weren't. Yes, I uh, was. Okay, fine. I'm not going to argue had, with you. I had my hoodie on. That is true. That is true. Second hour, that, man. That, that is true. So I mean, again, it's one of those we got to be. I got to be like setting the tone for hour number two here tonight on the program. But you know what? There's somebody else who likes to set the tone. There's somebody who always likes to bring the truth each and every week. And I, I mean, no, he's no, 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 he's not no? backstage. Nope, he's not backstage. Sorry, he's I meant to tell backstage. you that. Yeah, you, you, you meant to. You meant to. Meant to tell you that my that's my bad i was i was talking to dewan and didn't didn't really he, oh, he, unfor- he unfortunately Chris. is not he is unfortunately not backstage so oh that's all right we'll 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 get big daddy p on here on he said we still got plenty of time and you know what okay then then answer me this i have the sponsors if we want if we want to hit the sponsors well you know what since you didn't give me the 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 the, the 411 here why don't you go ahead and talk about our sponsors? Oh, let's let's talk about our great sponsors here on the Rest Talk Podcast. Royal Mills Transportation, Dewan Mills. You just saw him on here just a few minutes ago. Rathbun Engraving with that beautiful Wrestle Talk Podcast mug. Nobleman's Barber Shop, KC Mo. Ask for Pete the Barber. Kincaid Arcade at Oak Park Mall. Everything Combat with a. Uh, UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich and the one and only Jay Hollywood. Interstate 70 Sports Media with the one and only the maestro Jeremy Carp. New sponsor of the show, Little Popeye Design, those Russell Talk podcast tumblers, and the one and only the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC. You know, Chris, you want to catch the FWWC, you can catch them FWWC tonight on, I believe it's on Thursday evening, 730 right here on social media. If you want to find out more information about the FWWC, you can also go to the Russell Talk podcast uh, website, www.russeltalkpodcast.com for more information on joining the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. Now, you know something, Chris, this is going to be a really good second interview. Because I'm going to tell you, you and I, they're kind of a reason why I chose to break out the stripes tonight. Because the idea, you and I know both know what it takes to be the third person inside the ring. We have yes. been there on countless occasions. And this man, who we're going to have join us here in just a few moments, in the course of probably the last 18 months, has become one of the most well-respected and most in-demand officials in the Midwestern United States. He is constantly in demand. Promotions all across the Midwest are wanting our next guest to be on their events, to keep law and order inside the squared circle. And I'm going to tell you right now, Chris, I couldn't be happier that this man has been able to keep things and calling it right down the middle. And he's a veteran, and he's also a veteran of wrestling po- podcasts before. He's done that so. That is true. He, that is true. We're going to talk. And, and he is a mountain, a mountain of wrestling information. If you need an obscure fact or something, he's probably going to know it. So let's that let's is true. let's go ahead and let's go ahead and bring him on. And Adam, he is the one and only. He is the referee that calls it right down the middle. Christopher Miles. Christopher, how's hey, it going? How's it going, sir? Outstanding. Well, wait a 
minute here. I thought that I was, I got the memo. I got the thing on the piece of paper that said it was supposed to be a referee shirt night. Well, my civilian clothes, but I will say you look a lot better than that. You know, in that awful hoodie you were wearing, there was crap all over the front of it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's one of those where, I mean, again, we're going to have a good time talking pro wrestling here. And again, I want everything we said earlier on was true. Um, Mr. Miles, you, you have really become a high, a high profile, a very much in demand official when it comes to being inside the squared circle. And, and I'm going to go ahead and I want to throw one of our high spots questions out here before we get started. And Chris, hopefully we can go ahead and talk. We're talking about the recent change in management with the WWE. And I personally, you and I have had many great discussions about things in the past, but I want to get your input on this. With all the changes that have taken place recently in the WWE, who do you think has benefited the most from the change? The fans. I mean, that's what I said. Yeah, people are coming back to WWE that weren't watching the past couple of years. There's people that I know that were giving it a chance now and coming back because the you know they were Triple H fans, they were NXT fans, they weren't watching main roster because of what happened to all the NXT call ups. Most of them anyway, they got buried, and now it's like okay, Papa H is in charge. I'll give it a shot. Okay, I could see that. Now I know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna side with Rodell on this one. But I got to ask you from an in-ring competitor standpoint, is there one person that has really moved forward and kind of pushed the push their limits, so to speak, since the change in management back in July? I think the emphasis on Bobby Lashley as being kind of the top guy on Raw with the main title not being there has been something. People are getting behind him, which I didn't expect because he wasn't he was always been a great wrestler. It was never overly popular. But they're really pushing him hard now, and it, it, it's showing. People are getting behind him, and I, I was quite surprised. I, I could agree with you on that. Um, now, now, Chris, I know you uh, talked about it in our discussion earlier on this evening, uh, talking about uh, something that made a little bit of, of, of news here in the St. Louis area this past weekend, that being the crowning of a new women's champion at the South Broadway Athletic Club, uh, Ashlyn Alexander becoming the brand-new women's champion. Um Mr. Miles, I got to ask you. I mean, you've been you've seen countless events uh, throughout the Midwest. What are your thoughts of the brand new MMWA Women's Champion? You could not have picked a better person to reactivate that title. It's been dormant since '09, and with the wealth of uh, talent in the St. Louis area and the Midwest, they're willing to travel. It was time to bring it back, and they did. And Ashlyn stepped up and absolutely knocked it out of the park. I was so thrilled to be the referee in that match and to raise her hand at the end, you know, it gave me goosebumps. I can only imagine what it did to her. Well, like I said, I, I, I got to say with the, with the match, it was there and uh, correct me if I'm wrong guys, but wasn't Shailen uh, the uh, other finalist in that matchup? Am I correct? Yes. And, and again, I've had the opportunity um, to watch her. Could be never, never been able to officiate, had an opportunity to, um, um, one of the names that had been announced, uh, Stormy Renee, had had an opportunity to uh, officiate a couple of her matches up in Kansas City. But I got to tell you right now, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, both of these women really delivered. I really look forward to seeing them competing all across the Midwest, not just for that MMWA championship, maybe down the road. Uh, we could see that in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, or you could see it in Journey Pro, or you could see it in KCXW, or maybe New Breed Wrestling or something like that. From what we could tell, these two women definitely delivered this past Saturday. Oh, absolutely. It, just, it was an honor to call it. It was an honor to be there. 
and they just had this amazing competitive hard-hitting match that the whole crowd south broadway is always a great place to watch wrestling and the crowd's always hot but they were super into this that night they, they knew what it meant and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, again, there's been a lot of a lot of great professional wrestling in that building. And, and again, when you talk about uh, there, there, there are a handful of staples of professional wrestling in, in the St. Louis area. And again, having been one of the last officials before the MMWA Women's Championship went dormant, having the opportunity to go back. And again, this may show my age, but uh, be, being around uh, competitors like uh Christy Summers, like Dynamite Jennifer Starr, like Wildfire. Yes, Wildfire actually competed in the MMWA back in the day. And even being able to go back a little farther to competitors like Terror of the Irish Terror and, and, and Big Mama Love and, and other wrestlers that have competed for that championship. And to see that championship back to the forefront really, uh, really makes me happy. Now, now Chris, I, I'm going to throw it out here. And again, I'm referring to Mr. Rodell here. Uh, you know full well... Um, that this man is a wealth of knowledge. We could talk wrestling, we could talk hockey, we could talk travel, we could talk music, you name it, we could talk about it with Christopher Miles. I'm gonna throw things over to you because I know you got some some real interesting questions from our conversation earlier this afternoon. So what's it what's it like to actually you know be one in like all these promotions because you work for Dynamo, you work for MMWA, you work for Pro Wrestling Epic, uh um, what's it, what does it feel like to be busy almost every damn near weekend? It, it... Well, it complicates matters for sure. Not a lot of free time, but, um, you know, to have the number of matches that I feel like Luke said, I've only been doing this for about 18 months now. And, uh, how many matches are you up to? Do you, do you keep counting your matches? Uh, 127. 127? That Saturday. But, you know, when you're, when you're working all of the time, it, it's like, Okay, I gotta be here. I gotta be in Grafton. I gotta be in St. Louis. I gotta be in Arnold. I gotta be uh, in Columbia. I gotta be all these places. Yeah, um, and uh, Aaron, Aaron, we have a we have a question for for a referee. Uh, Aaron Aaron Lawrence is in the second week of being be of becoming a ref. Do you have any advice for him? Be the referee. Be the force. If they're not gonna want to break, break them. You have to be the person in charge. Don't be don't be timid. Don't be held back. If they're not going to break on five, you either ring the bell, or you get in there, you push them off. You do what you do to be the person in charge in that ring, Aaron. Right. That, that I, mean, I mean, and and you can't make. It, it, I hate when I hate when wrestlers make the referees look bad because you know, I mean we we've talked we've talked about it before on in private conversations that oh that that doesn't make the ref look very good so. Um, and, and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a little bit in here too. When you talk about being a referee, you can't, like I said, you cannot be timid inside the squared circle. You are the voice of authority, and that's one of the things when you sit down and you look at it. I feel very fortunate. I've had the opportunity to train a lot of referees over the course of my career, and that's one of the things I I will flat out tell you: if you're being timid in the ring, you're gonna hear about it, and you're not gonna hear the end of it until you're capable of being inside that ring. And I've Heard that from a lot of people. Now, um, Chris, I'm going to ask you this question here. You've had an opportunity to be in the ring with a lot of great competitors. Um, who would you say would be those that definitely register kind of on the on the memories that you've experienced thus far in your career? Oh, uh, 
Mike Outlaw, phenomenal wrestler, ring general, just a guy that I don't think he could have a bad match, quite honestly. Uh, Camaro Jackson, another guy that's just is a gentleman in and out of the ring and, and really works hard to make the best show possible. And uh, Ricky Rodriguez, personal friend, and I love his message. You know, he, he's, he's out there fighting, you know, pointing out marginalized people in his ring gear and in his stance. So I respect the hell out of that. And uh, it's just well, it's I, a ride, man. Well, well I got to tell you right now, we had we had one brought up here. And, and I, I want to have your thoughts because you, you've officiated some matches down at South Broadway. Um, Chris, can you go ahead and bring up Alex's comment here? Um, I, I don't know if, he, if, if Christopher can uh, pull this up here or not. Um, they were talking about uh, the matchup that's going to be on October 8th. Cayman versus the President of the United States of Slam, Benjamin Trust. Mr. Extraordinary in a coffin match. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I know that you haven't officiated too many coffin matches. If I'm not mistaken, I believe this is only the second coffin match in the history of the MMWA. I got to ask your honest opinion here. What do you see happening on October 8th? Man, I don't know. Because after the controversial ending of the of the last show, I Fight for Destiny, with what appeared to be Cayman winning and then the match being restarted because of some shenanigans, and then Ben Trust eventually being the official winner, <coughs> I think there's only way you could settle it. Now, this is Cayman's specialty. So is, is Ben Trust in too much of a corner? Was he backed into too much? Is he painted in? Who knows? But all I know is that October 8th, it's not to be missed. That show's going to sell out before the doors open. I guarantee you. I can I I can actually I can honestly believe that because uh, Cayman Cayman like like Luke said there's only been two uh, coffin matches and they both involved Cayman and Cayman came out the winner against Shaft the first time so um, well guys I got to tell you right now and this I do I would not want to go against Benjamin Trust do not. I mean, the man's Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. He's the MMWA Champion. He's the PWE Interstate Champion. Uh, he is the, the last Riot on the River Champion. For now. He has the world going for him right now. But I got to tell you, with the Brotherhood, with Abigail, with the track record in the coffin matches, with all the controversy that's taken place in the last few weeks with Cayman and the MMWA, if Benjamin Trust even slips one little bit, well, I think, and say, I think we could walk out with a new uh, MMWA champion on October eighth. You said it yourself too. He's PWE Interstate Champion. He's Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. He's MMWA Heavyweight Champion. He might be spread too thin. He's going to have how many matches before he gets to that show at South Broadway? Mm-hmm. So he, you know, it's it's a crapshoot. And, and again, the, the the other wild card that's out there. I mean, again, Chris and I talked about it earlier on. I mean, he's got matches uh, potentially in Dynamo Pro, Dynamo Pro in a little over a week, two matches in two nights. You've got uh, PWE, I believe, has a couple of events before that takes place. I mean, again, if there there's there's two sides. Is he going to be prepared, or is somebody going to be able to find a way to take one of those championships from him because he spread too thin, or heaven forbid? he winds up getting injured and that meteoric rise he's been on winds up costing him all the gold. I mean, those are all, all, all things we got to look at now. Now, 
Chris, I'm gonna throw things back to you because I mean you got I'm a ton of questions. I'm gonna take this back to a different way. Um, it, it's amazing that the time I've uh, times I've talked to Christopher Miles that we've been in the same building for shows all of the time. We were we were in the same. I, you, you were at Hell in the, the very first Hell in the Cell um, mm-hmm. card, right? Um, we were. I, were you at Raw One Thousand? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, Raw. Yeah, um, and uh, we were we were at uh, one show that probably sticks most in your head because you actually were in Kansas City the night that uh, Owen Hart tragically passed away. Um, yes. Can you can you kind of talk about just the feeling in that arena at that time? What was going on? Well, you and I talked about this several times before in other elements of life or in wrestling. Do you believe it or do you not? Because there was this was before the advent really of internet and internet. Well, it was there, but it wasn't as much as it was, and cell phones weren't as popular as they are. If you had one, you were somebody in 1999. You know, and it's like when he fell, we were like, okay, is this part of the show? It didn't look like it was because it looked really bad. And then once the show started just back up again, they were like, okay, I, I guess he's okay. And then word penetrated a filter in the stand. They announced it live on the pay per view. Right, I remember. But that. I don't recall them making an announcement in this in the in the venue because I was sitting there and like word starts wafting towards us, and we're like, "Wait a minute, he's dead," and the show's still going on. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it, it, to a similar extent. Um, I believe they probably I think they went to black on the on the uh, videotrons at yeah. the at the arena. That's kind of similar to what they did the night Brian Pillman died on the night of Bad Blood that they announced bad announced that. But you kind of started getting the word in, um, and then going to the you were at the Owen tribute show too, right? Yeah, the next night in St. Louis. Uh, I, I was there. I was there too, and it, it was a it was a great. Uh, remembrance of a great a great wrestler i just i don't know how i would feel if i was at the arena that night that it happened the day that whenever it comes around that day in may Mm -hmm. it it, it always does affect me it's like oh it's been 23 years now and it's it's still it's like i look at the calendar i'm like oh that was today boy boy yeah 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 yeah, it just it, just, it 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 was one of those most tragic events in the uh, professional wrestling business. So let's take it back to currently. Of those 127 matches that you've had, what are some of your favorite? What, what's one one or two of your absolute favorite matches? Okay, so I'll, I'll start with one that was just absolutely nuts, and it was in a pro wrestling epic. It was uh, Lenny Mephisto and Neil Diamond Cutter in the match of 10,000 Tax, and uh, call me what you will say that I'm a glutton for punishment. I requested that one. I'm like, let me do this. I want to try this. <laughs> and it was a bloodbath. And there was just, they had, how, you know, little how, how, for how, many days, covered in how, how many days were you uh, picking tax out of your boots or, you know? Yeah. I've kept finding them for about three days afterwards. It's kind of funny because I remember whenever it was snitching outcast at uh at Concordia in the retirement match. Uh, yeah. Like I, the next time I put the the put the dress shoes on, I'm like walking walking through my kitchen. I'm like, what is that clanking on my feet? So I take my shoe off. I look under there, and there's still there's still two tacks in, in, yeah. in my shoe from ringside. And I wasn't even part of the match. That match, that was intense as well. That was first time I've done a match like that, but. 
That match for two reasons stuck with me. Because one, it was a local legend outcast last match. And two, I had just bought new ring shoes that day. <laughs> and they got full attacks. <laughs> uh, Luke, you probably had that too, where you found tacks in your boots after doing hardcore matches well, like that. Well, first of all, is the idea of right now, I would say I could have checked them now, but the agents of chaos still have my shoes. That is true. They did steal your shoes. And, yeah, and, 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 and you never my got wrestling shoes. I bought a brand new pair of wrestling shoes, and those two guys, as part of Riot on the River, took my shoes. I got to get to the bottom of that. But I got to tell you right now, and, and I'm going to ask this. Now that you've been in a match with Thumbtacks, and Chris, I think you know where I'm going here. I know for a fact I'm going to ask you two things that you've never – I don't think you've been in a match yet. One, it's a cage. Two, is barbed wire. Are either of those matches that you would consider down the road? I want to do everything. If it's, if it's under the scope of professional wrestling, I want to do it. I have aspirations to do – some things that people might people not think of. I want to do a British round style match. I, I want to do some Lucha Libre. I want to do some of the extreme hardcore stuff. Um, I want to be able to look back and say, hey, I did every match type available to me. And to be that guy in the middle and to be the guy calling it would be an honor. Well, right now, I want to go ahead and throw a couple of, and we've had a lot of great comments here. Uh, Chris, can you go ahead and throw uh, Aaron's comment up here? We he made a comment earlier. I want to go ahead and throw that up here, uh, just to kind of share the share the knowledge as we're coming uh, coming through the program here this evening. And um, if you can go ahead, the comment right before it, and, and I want to look at here. Would it be weird if there was a hardcore match with the ropes wrapped around in barbed wire? I'm gonna tell you right now, me personally, I've been there. I've done that, okay. and that is definitely. A unique experience as a referee. I will tell you, I remember the last time I was involved in a barbed wire match. Uh, Chris was there. Uh, it was a night where it was um, Leon Mephisto taking on Madman Pondo. And Chris, I, I, I got to ask you, you've never been in a barbed wire match. Would you uh -huh. care to share the reaction that you gave when certain people on this program right now actually got in the ring to announce said match? Not a freaking chance. I am not. I would have announced that match from the outside of the ring because it would have been my look. I would have got my fat ass caught up in the barbed wire. And All right. Well, Luke, Luke, Chris, let me ask you guys a question. When it comes to barbed wire matches, what do you think is the more suitable or even intense match? Wrapping the ring ropes in barbed wire or taking the ring ropes down and putting up barbed wire? Which do you think is the true barbed wire match i think it would i would think my me personally i think it would be taking the ropes down and using the ropes as barbed wire you kind of have to have that set you kind of have to have that set up ahead of time um and wrapping the ropes are easier but i, I don't i don't know i'll let i'll let luke I'll, I'll defer to luke on this one he's done more of those type of matches well i'm gonna tell you right now there's something that i want to compare here and i've seen it here in the States, I've seen it internationally. Um, I've seen matches where you have ropes or two sides of the ring with barbed wire, two sides open. You've seen rings completely surrounded in barbed wire. I've even seen it a step farther, and I know, uh, Chris, you and I have talked about this in, in past conversations, going back to the days of the UWF with the barbed wire cage match with the Sheep Herders. And matches along those lines. To me, I look at it from the point of view, I've always been one of those where when you have that kind of matchup, it always strikes me as it takes it 
to another level. But the one thing that scares me is the idea of where, and I've seen it in ECW, I've seen it in FMW, I've seen it in countless promotions, where if that barbed wire, and, and again, barbed wire is designed primarily when you're looking at agriculture, you're looking at animals. But when you're putting that barbed wire, just strands of it out, that stuff can snap like that. And then you could have lots of injuries. I think about Sabu in ECW, when he actually just took a uh, tape and just wrapped up his bicep because he had almost basically torn it in two. Later in that match where they had to physically cut Terry Funk and Sabu out of the barbed wire and it darn near ripped all of the wrestling apparel off of Sabu that night. To me, I think you having the ropes there is good, but I'll tell you right now, it's always taking it to another level, to me anyway, when the ropes come down and the barbed wire goes up. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that's probably the more standard barbed wire match, but uh, um, I, I believe we'll always remember barbed wire mayhem from AEW for the uh, fizzle or the – the exploding was the exploding ring match. I don't remember what the name of the title of the match was from AEW. Exploding barbed wire death match. Uh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Barbed we'll, wire we'll, everywhere matches. Yeah, we will, we will, we will, we will always remember the ending of that match for probably all of the wrong reasons. So, so what is your current state of the current like professional wrestling business nationwide with the WWE and AEW? Is it stronger, weaker? What, uh, so the WWE, as of a month ago, I think is definitely stronger. Look at the numbers; they've gone up drastically. The the review, Meltzer gave a WWE match five stars. I'm not a huge Meltzer fan. In fact, I don't like the guy at all. Which match but, was that? Uh, uh, Gunther and Sheamus. Oh, okay, House of the Castle. Wow. Yeah, now AEW with the most recent drama, they're on shaky ground. They're good. I think they're going to be fine. They're not going anywhere, but not a good look for them right now. They are no longer the internet darling. WWE is becoming that again. With with no ring of honor, with no viable impact right now, although I love impact, it's not what it was. And with New Japan not having as big a presence as it did before the pandemic here in the States, WWE is, is looking really good. And the rest of the companies that still exist are a little shaky right now. Yeah, I mean, and... and- do you think that they AEW has handled the the uh, fallout from the uh, press conference, the press scrum correctly? No, th- because mm-hmm. if Tony Khan was any kind of leader or owner, it, it wouldn't have gotten that far. He would have stopped that press conference. There was no reason to bring Colt Cabana's mom into that discussion. There was no reason to just harp on it over and over again. It's like, it's over. It's over, Phil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's no reason I, to be eating muffins the entire time while you were there because that I find that to be the whoa, whoa. I gotta disagree with you here, Chris. The man had wrestled an outstanding matchup to win back the AEW championship. Can't you give him a little bit of a a little bit of a break and he's wanting to have some some nutrients after his matchup? Yeah, no, no, no. That is the worst devil's advocate I've ever heard in my life. Hey, I remember, yeah. and I'm going to throw this story out here, Chris. I remember a trip that the two of us took when we were out in, in the middle of central Illinois. And after the night was over, I mean, literally within like 20 minutes, of the event being over. We were at Cracker Barrel? Yeah, a table full of food ready to go. So, I mean, again, it's, it's one of those kinds of things. But I am going to throw one more out here. We had a... Um, 
uh, a question and actually two questions and and a comment here. And first of all, I want to I want to send a shout out to Alex. He had, had made a mention of and I we have noticed his comments and we're going to try to get uh, hopefully get came in on the program here sooner rather than later uh, here on the Russell Talk podcast. We will need uh, to hire we will need to hire an interpreter. That is yeah, I don't speak German. Yeah, and that's one of those where we have to take care of that. But we got two questions here, and the first one we're going to bring up here uh, is the other question from Alex, uh, explaining the general idea for those that don't know. And I mean, again, there are some fans that may not have ever seen a coffin match. Can you give us in about fifteen seconds a simple explanation of what a coffin match is? There is a coffin outside the ring with the lid up. And in that match, there is no DQ, no countout, no pinball, no submission. The only way to win is to incapacitate your opponent, put them in the coffin, and close the lid. It's horrifying to think of being that person. You just had this exhausting, brutal match, and the last thing you see is that coffin lid come down and you've lost. That That is the very short version of that. There's a lot of different matches that have had that stipulation. Now, now the other one. Are comes, you afra- are you afraid to be put in the coffin, uh, Chris? I mean, I'm gonna go there sooner or later, so I don't care. <laughs> Jeez, I thought I know you were gonna answer that. So wow. Right. Well, uh, Chris, we we do have a question here from our our fearless leader, the Night Owl, who's been listening to the program all evening long, and he again a fellow commentator, a fellow support staff member in the world of professional wrestling. Have you ever had anyone forget to ring the bell to start one of your matches? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I wouldn't say forget. It's just sometimes it takes a little bit to get back to the bell area. Hey, well, well, see, okay. It's happened with, with, with our buddy Rodell just a couple times. And it, partially my fault. I didn't give enough time to get over there. I thought it was, sorry, I was single. There was nobody there. It's like, oh, okay. Kill time, kill time. And another time, the ring announcer was playing on his phone and wasn't paying attention. So I'm, and it's kind of a thing. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to have you weigh on in something that some people have said. Uh, I guess certain promotions, they don't have an official ring bell, like, you know, an actual bell that you yeah. clang. They, yeah. use a, you, they use a YouTube click. Yeah clip of a bell yeah, is that is that okay do you think that's okay is it doesn't matter just does it matter no not a, to me it doesn't if it makes the sound if the fans care even to the pa who cares all right i'm gonna throw one out here i don't think i've ever shared this story i had an event many years ago and the promoter forgot the ring bell and i'm trying to figure out how are we going to have the matches begin and all i heard was don't worry about it. We've taken care of it. And this is one of those where, and Chris, you and I have been through it countless times where the ring announcer's table has been right at ringside. Right. Getting ready. I signaled to, the, to the, the, the announcer and to the timekeeper, ring the bell. Didn't get a bell. We got an air horn. <laughs> Nobody bothered to tell me that the air horn was going to happen. Did it work? It, I mean, it did what I needed to do. Starting. Yeah, it, it worked. Yeah. I mean, it took me at least adapt and overcome. Yeah, 10, 10 minutes to get my pulse rate back down. But I mean, again, the end result was it worked. And I mean, again, 
it, it happens. I mean, it's professional wrestling. I, I was at a sh- I was at a show. They they neither had a bell, a computer with a bell, an air horn, or anything to make any kind of bell sound. And the ring announcer yelled, "Ding ding!" <laughs> no. Yeah, I've I've seen that. And you know, I'm going to go ahead and take a complete old school twist on this. If you go back to the very first WrestleMania. And you had the great media personality, Liberace. If you remember, didn't ring the standard wrestling bell, brought almost like a glass dinner bell mm-hmm. to the ringside area. It still does what needs to be done. But the, the, the thing is, is with what people were saying with GCW is like, it's completely unprofessional. Why don't you have a, why don't you have a physical bell? Okay. What, uh, look at it this way. Let's say that they got to the show and realized they didn't have a bell, and they're already setting up. Are you supposed to like run to Sports Authority and hope they have a ring bell? You do it the best you can. Nobody would have known that that ring bell was on a, a drive if someone hadn't took footage of it and put it all over the internet. And it sounded fine. I agree. I mean, I, I don't see the whole real problem in that, but... Uh, uh, well, you so- know... I got, I got one more here. And again, I don't, I've never shared this story either. There was a promotion I worked for many, many years ago. And we were about 20 minutes from their training location. This is probably 15, 16 years ago. We didn't have a bell. But the gentleman who transported the ring used to work at a service station. And went as far as actually disconnecting because they had those... Uh, Hoses that have the, the bells for the full serve actually disconnected the bell from the full serve at the gas station to bring it to the event. Hey, right, you well, have- yeah, I've, got, I've got one. I was at an indie show years ago. They didn't have a bell. And what happened was they did the old MMA. Point, like, as I don't know other reps in the area do it. I always do the are you ready, are you ready competitors? He did that and then he just clapped. And that was the start of like, boom, are you ready? Are you ready? Boom, and then the match started. Wow. Sometimes you got sometimes you got to over overcome because I mean you've been you've been at a show on show days. There's sometimes that things just you know don't go the way that you you completely expect them to. <laughs> Every show day. <laughs> good 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 point. Good good point. It's good. It's going to be a fun time though with uh because uh, I believe you are going to be at PWE this this Saturday. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of me lately because I'm going to be at a PWE, Granite City, Illinois, in a special co-promoted show. We're working with the uh, Tri-City Shrine Club for a fundraiser for them. So come out to Granite City this Saturday. And then uh, Dynamo Pro, September 23rd in Arnold at the Eagles Hall and 24th in St. Louis Concordia Turners. And then the one I'm excited about a little bit because it's been so long is back to Grafton for Right of the River on September 30th. And then wrapping it all up, at least for a little bit, that October 8th show with the coffin match at South by Athletic Club, MMWA. So yeah, I'm gonna be a busy boy the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, but it, but it, it's good. It keeps you out, it keeps you out of trouble, doesn't it? Or maybe maybe not so I mean, long. Depending, <laughs> or else to be in trouble. So, but um, I'm trying to think, Luke, do you have anything else that you want to ask uh, Christopher? Oh, I know what I need to ask Chris. It's what? 8.50 on a Tuesday night, and we've got Chris Rodell and Christopher Miles. I think it's time for a little Russell Talk podcast game show challenge. 
I want yeah. you to know. I want you to know that I am on a three three game winning streak on this Russell Talk Podcast Challenge. Just so you know. Okay. Okay. So. Now I'm gonna tell you right now. This is something, and I know the viewers are gonna think, "Oh, well, these two guys—they've been on countless events together. These two guys consider themselves to be experts, aficionados of the world of professional wrestling." Well, tonight, gentlemen, I have found a category that both of you are going to be very familiar with. It's going to be an even playing field on the level, right down the middle. And Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Mr. Big Sexy, it's my my prediction that tonight the streak is broken. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, Such faith in me. Such faith in me. So at this point, let's go ahead and hit the music for tonight's episode of the World Famous Russell Talk Podcast. Game Show Challenge! Oh, hold on. Gotta turn up, gotta turn up the music. gentlemen welcome once again to this week's installment of the world famous wrestle talk podcast game show challenge tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls and our contestants are professional wrestling referee extraordinaire christopher miles and the wrestle talk podcast own big sexy chris rodell now gentlemen i know you're both familiar with the rules here's how it's going to roll in a minute i'm going to ask you three questions about a particular wrestling topic when you think you know the answer you shout out the answer. First one to get two out of three correct will be the winner of tonight's contest. Just as a reminder, too, there will be no cheating. There will be no breaking of the rules in this contest. And again, it is the best two out of three falls. In honor of both our guest, myself, and my co-host this evening, tonight's Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is Special Referees. Oh. Individuals have been special referees in landmark matches. Okay. Big Sexy, are you ready? Sure. You're going down, Chris. Mr. Miles, are you ready? Let's go. All right. Question number one. This individual was the official of record for two world championship matches at SummerSlam. The first being John Cena versus Daniel Bryan, and the second being Daniel Bryan taking on Randy Orton. Triple H. The first fall goes to Christopher Miles. It was Triple H. Very good. I almost said Steve Austin. I don't know why I said that, but I, 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 I don't know. Well, right now as it stands here, it is one to nothing for Christopher Miles. Are you ready, Big Sexy? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready, Mr. Miles? Let's go. All right, here we go with question number two. This individual refereed a WWE championship matchup between Triple H and the British Bulldog. He went on to multiple reigns as WWE champion and becoming a multi-millionaire in the box office world. The Rock. Rock. Hold on. We're going to go back here. Give me just a second to look back at the time. 
And by a fraction of a second, it is now one fall apiece. Big Sexy coming through with the rock in the second fall. Now, gentlemen, it's time. Each of you has a fall. It's time for the third and deciding fall to determine who's going to win tonight's episode of the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Christopher Miles, are you ready? Yes. All right. Uh, Big Sexy Chris Rodell, are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. All right. This individual has officiated a six-pack challenge for the vacant WWE Championship. He has also refereed of Batista and The Undertaker and Batista and Chris Jericho. Mick Foley? Incorrect. He went on to have countless reigns as WWE Champion and as the host of the Broken Skull Sessions. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's winner of the WrestleTalk podcast, two falls to one. That is the re- the referee himself, Christopher Miles. Rodell, you know what you got to do. Let's get that music. Something, ladies and gentlemen, as the music fades out here tonight, I'm gonna tell you right now, Rodell. I told you that I just had a feeling that Christopher Miles was gonna get the W here tonight. I really think I was first on the rock anyway, so the third fall was pointless, but hey, I'll take the win. <laughs> oh, hold on. I know you want you want Christopher Miles to celebrate, Chris. I mean, come on, man. That's giving him lots of time. Now, real quick here, we did have in the process of uh, the last few minutes, we have had a couple of messages come up. I do want to go ahead and uh, give a shout-out to here. Uh, we had one come in right at the beginning of the um, the game show challenge here from the Night Owl, uh, talking about the Masked Saint. We'll go ahead and bring that up here, talking about Chris Whaley. Uh, again, making sure we get that information out there. We've had a lot of people in particular. Um, we had some comments from... Uh, El Mata. We've also had some comments from Alex uh, Jeffcoat regarding the coffin match that'll be coming up on October 8th. Now, I know we're pretty short on time here, but I've got one more question I'm going to ask before we wrap this all up. You've been in 127 matches. I can remember numbers. 127 matches. If you could go to any promotion and have one match, doesn't matter money, doesn't matter time era, anything of the sort. And you were the third person in the ring. Mm-hmm. Who would it be and why? Uh, the Great Muda. And I'll go Great Muda, Terry Funk in the Tokyo Dome. Ooh. Mm. That would be it. That'd be an awesome match. Rodell, I'm gonna throw the same question out to you. Oh, if I if, if I could if I could if I could ref one match from history, ooh, one match from history, one match that you could just put together. Ooh, I, I don't know. Maybe the last Rock Austin match in 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 uh, in some Texas, I believe. Don't quote uh, me on Seattle. Seattle. 
Well, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to throw it back many years here. My match would be the legendary Luthez taking on the eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Handsome Harley Race. Put your dancing shoes on for sure. That's right. right. I, I would absolutely, I would love to have the opportunity of being the uh, third in the ring. And of course, go ahead and bring it up, Chris. It was there. We had. I, 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 he really technically can't give his opinion on the Brotherhood, but I guess, I, I guess we could ask him the question. I, I, I mean, what, what, what do you think? <sighs> absolute, <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'll just say that. Okay. Well, you know something, Chris? I got to throw it out here. A lot of people, and you may think I'm a little bit out there on this, but I'm going to throw it out here. Well, we think you're a lot there on a lot of things. Well, that, but... that, well that might be your opinion. I'm going to tell you right now, whenever they get inside the ring, I may not necessarily be a fan of their tactics, but I think the Brotherhood has the right idea. All three men, accomplished wrestlers inside the squared circle, throughout the world, I mean, you've got Cayman from Germany. Uh, Damian Blade has traveled all across the world. Ricky Cruz has traveled all across the world. These three men have the right idea. And if they have the right focus, they could be a dominant force in St. Louis. They could be a dominant force wherever they go. But I'm going to tell you right now, what they do to get there, that kind of with-it-all-cost attitude and kind of uh, – tipping the scales in their own favor with the two on ones and the three on ones. No, can, I think can, it's one of those where they got it. You got to You got to play by the rules. And I don't think the brotherhood plays by anything, but their rules. Is it still a win? If you win a nefarious means, can right. you still be proud of that? And they obviously can't be. Well, yeah. Again, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to say too much because <laughs> one, right down, I'll, right down I'll, the middle. And two, I don't want to incur their wrath. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Uh, so, so uh, I guess as we end this interview, uh, you want to go ahead and throw out all of your uh, social media handles that uh, that that we because I, I I know refs aren't the main the main attraction, but you know what? There might be some there might be some Christopher Miles fans. So hey, you know, I'm I'm hoping to get T-shirts made soon. I'm just saying, people do. <laughs> they I either get booed out of the building or I get cheered. So who knows? But lately, lately you've been getting booed. Yeah, it's been weird. But hey, whatever. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at one underscore two underscore three miles. And like I said, come out PWE this Saturday, Granite City, Illinois, the Tri-City Shrine Club, uh, August 23rd. I'm sorry, September 23rd in Arnold at the Eagles Club, the 24th in Concordia Turners in St. Louis, both those Animal Pro, the 30th, Grafton, Illinois at the beautiful loading dock for right at the river, and then the uh, historic South for that massive coffin match just come see me all you can it'll be great <laughs> well 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 chris i appreciate you, you coming on and having a uh, having a good conver- good wrestling conversation with us i will see you on the 23rd i they don't think i'm gonna make it out to to uh um pwe but you never know i may just show i may just show up in a mask and you don't want to see me so i mean i don't want to cover this beautiful face right here Ooh. <laughs> all right christopher miles thank you for joining us on the wrestle podcast we hope to have you back real soon thanks for having me we'll see you soon all right talk to you soon
All right. Bye-bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Miles, hour number two. And Chris, I got to tell you, I thought you got the memo about the ref shirts. I really did. No one, no one told me. I don't even know where my old ref shirt is. It's probably uh, one. It probably doesn't fit. It would be, it would probably fit me like one of those Ralph's shirts fit, you know, those Ralph's cutoff shirts. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, like, like uh, uh, we put out there. Uh, one, it's at one underscore two underscore three miles on all social media accounts. Go go follow our friend Christopher Miles. And you know something, Chris? I do I do give you a lot of grief about it, but you did wear stripes tonight, though. I did. I did. You did. Not, it's just, they, it's just the, 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 the right stripe. Yeah, the, the, the wrong design, but that's okay. Now, I got to tell you right now, tonight was a great night. I mean, we had two great interviews. We had a lot of, of great discussion. And, I mean, when you talk about professional wrestling – Things are going, I mean, they're going at 100 miles an hour. And I, I really think as we see a uh, local area, I mean, you've got a lot of promotions here in St. Louis. You've got a lot of promotions in the Kansas City area that are going to be putting on great events over the next couple of weeks. Uh, again, we want to give a shout out to all of our friends on the East Coast. I uh, want to give a shout out to all of our friends on the West Coast. Again, as a reminder, as the oh, night I gotta out. Find, I got to find, I gotta find this. Uh, 12 days. Go. 12 days. I got to tell you, Chris. This is one of those events. I mean, I have looked the names that are going to be, and I'm just going to run through a few of them here. People that are going to be in attendance, people like the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan is going to be in the house. Wildfire Tommy Rich is going to be in the house. The Rock and Roll Express are going to be in the house. Uh, Jacqueline Moore, Miss Texas is going to be in the house. JBL is going to be in the house. Madison Miles is in the house. Billy Silverman is in the house. Conan is in the house. Jerry the King Lawler is in the house. And also, if you look at it, on Tuesday night as a part of the awards assembly, you have the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Wednesday night, you have Medusa and our good friend John Arezzi that are going to be co-hosting the Wednesday night event. You can't go wrong. You have all those great personalities like B. Brian Blair. I mean, it's going to be professional wrestling from top to bottom. From the it's going it, it, to be good, and, and you'll definitely want to check out the WrestleTalk podcast uh, Twitter feed, Facebook page. Um, apparently, you and uh, Renee are going to be making some exclusive content for for both of those pages, that and we hope that we hope to have a special report from the uh, event during high spots on that week that you that you and Renee are there. I know that that, I know that you guys will be busy hobnobbing with all the uh, the, the, the 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 great wrestlers that are going to be there. So. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Well, so, you know something else too, Chris. For those that are watching the Wrestle Talk podcast, just to let you know, next week and we've talked about it for weeks. Next week is going to be a special CAC reunion show, and what we mean by that is we're going to have special guests. They're going to be coming on the program to talk about the events of the CAC, talk about the CAC reunion, and all the great things that are going to take place while those are going to be those people are going to be in Vegas on the 26th through the 28th. It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great week of professional wrestling. Just like tonight was a great episode of the Russell Talk podcast. Any final thoughts tonight, Chris? No, I think I, I think we we we, we struck I my internet struggled. I got it work I got it working. I, I put a strongly worded email into Charter and they seemed to fix it right away. So but uh but we got through it. We got through it. We made it through two great guests. Josh Fields from IWE Pro, Christopher Miles, uh, referee extraordinaire. 
Um, but we would be remiss if we didn't talk about our sponsors one more time here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. You want to go ahead? You want to take it, Luke? Let's take care of it. We got to thank our great sponsors, Royal Mills Transportation, with the CEO, Dewan Mills. If you're in the Kansas City area and you need transportation, check out Royal Mills Transportation. You got Rathbun Engraving, home of those great Wrestle Talk podcast mugs. $20 each. Make it a point to check out Wrestle Talk podcast if you want to order one of those. The Nobleman Barber Lounge, KC, Astro Pete the Barber, the man with the great talent. With cutting hair, Kincaid Arcade at Oak Park Mall, a lot of great video games and other stuff. Everything Combat with UFC Hall of Famer Pat Miletic and Jay Hollywood, Jeffrey Wilson, Interstate 70 Sports Media, and our good friend the Maestro Jeremy Carp. Little Popeye Designs, they are our new sponsor of the Russell Top Podcast, and they're known for those Russell Top Podcast tumblers. And of course, I'd be remiss without the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC. All these great sponsors keep the Russell Talk podcast going each and every week. And also, Chris, we got to thank our great, our great viewers who stuck with us. We've had a lot of them tonight. I know we've had Herb Simmons has been on the program here this evening. We've had, looking back here, we've had um, Aaron Wallace has been on the program. Aaron Lawrence joining us here this evening. We had a lot of great questions from Alex. We've also had uh, William was here. We had uh, The Beast was here earlier on this evening. Uh, we had Josh, we had Owen, uh, got a lot of great viewers here tonight. If you enjoyed the Russell Talk podcast, make it a point to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Make out, make sure to check out the Russell Talk podcast, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And, and I would be remiss if we didn't throw this one up for our friend, the maestro Jeremy Carp, who always talks about this whenever we, whenever he's on the show. We just had World Suicide Prevention Day last week, um, one of the days last week. Uh, if you are in need of help, they change the number. It's not that long 800 number anymore. All you got to do is dial 988, and they are available 24-7 um, every day. Uh, just remember, you're not alone in this world. There's always someone There's always someone to talk to. So That is true, Chris. And like I said, it's one of those things where uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a great show. Um, make it a point to uh, follow us on social media. Make sure to uh, kind of keep in touch with us next week. It's going to be a great show. We're going to have a, a lot to talk about FWWC. We're going to have a lot to talk about CAC. We're going to have a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, for Luke Roberts and Chris Rodell, this has been the Russell Talk Podcast. Look forward to seeing you next Tuesday night right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Take care. We'll see you next week.